Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. This morning, I believe that this message is going to help you take it to the next level in your expectation. I have no doubt that this is what we want. We want change. We want this to be our breakout year. I believe it with all my heart. I'm going to give you the keys. I'm going to give you the tools to take it to the next level. I don't want you to hear something, get excited about it, and leave, and know nothing happened. That's, that's a New Year's resolution. We ain't playing that game. I want you to be able to come in here messed up. In other words, marriage ain't right, family ain't right, kids ain't right, things ain't right. And I want you to leave with some tools. I want you to leave with some ability to fix the mess. And I know for a fact that's exactly what God wants. He wants this for you. This is our breakout year. This is a time when, hey, like I said before, if you've been boxing yourself out, you're breaking through. If you've been, if 2019 has been, hey, I've been, I've been faithful, well, you're going past average. Now you're breaking out. You're going into championship, the, the championship type quality. You're going beyond the norm, and that's what we expect, amen? Listen, when you look at, like, pro teams, they're, they're, you look at, you know, championship teams, their weight, size, and so on and so forth is the same as everybody else. You don't see a, a, a championship basketball team because all five guys are, are eight feet. You're going to see the same sizes, Football, same way, same sizes. Baseball, same way. You don't have a professional baseball team where none of the, te- none, none of the pitchers on the team can throw past 70, 70 miles per hour. They would get owned. They wouldn't even be professional. And what I'm saying is, is this, all the same. But something happens within players and teams that take them to the next level. This is a life principle And what happens is, is they engage here, and here changes. And all of a sudden, they believe, everybody say believe. They believe something about themselves for this moment, for such a time as this. And I want you to do the same thing. Can you do that with me? Is 2020 going to be your breakout year? Say this with me. I believe 2020 is my breakout year. Therefore, I confess that my eyes are open, my ears here, my heart is prepared as good ground to receive this word for impact in my life, to fulfill God's word, his destiny, a breakout in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's do this thing. Life and death are in the power of your words. Life and death are in the power of your words. First of all, I want to show you something because what we're doing is we're going to see scripturally the key to what comes out of your mouth. But I want you to understand that when we're going through life in general, that it is a warfare. There's a battle going on. And when you recognize the battle, and you personally know there's a battle, you, you know there's couple battles, there's family battles, there's, there's world battles, there's neighborhood battles, there's all kinds of battles happening. That's life in general. Unless you're on an island by yourself, you know, 
you're separated from all battles except the battle with you. You're always going to have a battle. The Bible makes it clear that the natural man wars, has a warfare against the spiritual man. Vice versa, there's a war going on. So life isn't just, you can't just exist. It doesn't work that way. You have to be intentional in life. Everything, you have to be intentional if you want to go above the norm, the average. If you, if you don't want to be a statistic, a negative one, you've got to rise above that. If, if you don't want your children to become a statistic, parent, you've got to rise above that. If you don't want your marriage to be a statistic, 50-50, you've got to rise above it. And the way we start, the way we start is our words. It's it. It's the key. The words. The words. It's the same as our Father who created us in his image, in his likeness. It's about speaking. He created with his words. Are you guys hearing me? So this is very, very, very important because I can tell you right now, what's coming out of your mouth is from your heart. And what you're experiencing in your world today is right here. Right here. You design your world. You design your life. You design your marriage by here. I want change. I want fix. I want things different. You got to change this. You got to change this. You already know right now, every situation, everything you're dealing with is because you're allowing yourself to start speaking things that start breaking away, stealing, destroying, ripping apart. We are professionals about talking bad about ourselves. Aren't we? We're the best of the best. And because we do that, it's very simple to agree with others that do the same. Isn't it not? When you feel like a loser because you see yourself as a loser, and then someone else starts communicating that same fact. See, the trick of the enemy is this. He knows our weaknesses. He knows them. And because he knows our weaknesses, he knows that he has ability to pull our strings. And as long as we allow that to take place without putting up a shield of faith, without putting up the position of strength that we have given to us by Jesus, we stay submitted to that life of failure. We stay in a life of statistics and we will never be successful. We will exist for a period on this earth. But I need you to understand something. This is all about eternity. We focus completely on this sliver of time right now. But it's all about eternity. For those that know Jesus or don't know Jesus, it doesn't matter. It's eternal. And when you start understanding it in that way, things start changing on how you even perceive life because you have an eternal view of things. And with that, you have to recognize the spiritual. You have to. So our words are key. But look at 2 Corinthians 10, 4. It says the weapon, the weapons we fight with in our warfare, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. They're not they're not natural weapons. 
On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. It says that we are empowered to live a powered life in control. But it talks about warfare. And that's what most Christians don't grasp. They look at life as the battles between each other, but it's not. There is a spiritual battle going on. And that's a fact. It's not going to change. It's going to be this way until it's all over, and you have to go to Revelations for that. And it's a different message. But the point is, right now, there's a constant battle going on. It's not in the natural. It's the spiritual first. And it says here that we can tear down. We can completely destroy the things that affect what we need to believe. The knowledge of God, the knowledge of his word, the knowledge of his way, the knowledge of his kingdom. The knowledge of these truths have to rise above the knowledge of what? What is this knowledge? It's tied to our past. It's all based upon past. So that means our knowledge is tied to our experiences. Let me ask you a question, smart people. Think about this, but I don't think you're going to have to think too much. Your past Think about it. your past, your experiences. Now, let me ask you something. Are there pasts in your life, experiences in your life, that you would have loved to not had? Exactly. And you know that if you would have made a different choice, the outcome would have been different. I just proved the point. See, you're not tied to your past because it's the way it is and nothing could have changed. You all know if you didn't listen to that neighbor that said, come over here and let's drink this beer. Or if you didn't listen to that person or if you didn't make that decision for that car you couldn't afford in the first place. But that salesman, he talked you into it. Are you guys hearing me? All of a sudden, you're in trouble. Or that credit card you got when you're only 17 years old. And as far as you're concerned, that's like free money. So you go out and buy an inflatable canoe. Who, who does that? Exactly, I do. How stupid is that? I don't even know why I did it. It's because I had a card, a credit card, and I could. And I did a lot of dumb things with that card. And then I realized, wait a minute, I got a statement that says I got to pay some money. And then I got another statement, and I'm realizing something's wrong with this because it's a lot more than what I bought it for. And so what did I do? I returned them all. I did, I returned the canoe, I returned everything. Because I didn't know that there was a payment that's gonna come due. And a lot of people live that life, but they know it's coming due. But they gotta have, 
But ultimately, you know you wish you didn't have made that. You wish you didn't do that. So this is the issue at hand. We have a past and experience, but I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't define who you are unless you choose to say that it does. Because the truth of the matter is, you know that you know that you know it didn't have to go that way if you chose differently. Right? Oh, that's awesome to know. Gosh, if I could only remember that good stuff that comes out when I have no notes on them. I mean, that's perfect, isn't it? Think about it. This isn't a, a divine directive of God that you had to do that. No, it's a choice you made. A choice you made. And all those things add up to create who you are in the natural. But we enter in a new kingdom, which God says, old has passed away. Now, I know when I heard that, I was like going, nothing's passed away yet. I'm still waiting for it to pass away. Anybody ever felt that way? I did. I got saved, and that's the first thing they started telling me. Don't worry, don't worry, Dan. Your past has passed away. Everything's become new. And I'm thinking, there ain't nothing new. I'm driving the same vehicle, same issues, same problems, same thoughts. I still want to drink. I mean, I'm, I'm deal this is what I'm dealing with. But they're saying, wait a minute, no, it's passed away. It's all become new. Because they didn't even understand what that meant. And that's what Christians do. We like to quote scripture with no understanding. And it's, it's dangerous because we need a life experience in understanding the word of God to be able to share it truthfully. And when you do know your oldest passed away, you always have to add the extra with it. Because the Bible is not one scripture, it's many. So we have to bring everything into context. So what does God say? Is it passed away? Yeah, totally. He said, but all things become new, not for the sake of you don't remember anymore, but for the sake of that's not your life anymore. Now your life has changed, and it's time to bring in new information. So you add that together, and you're like, going, okay, so I'm not bound to my past. I'm not bound to my past. And that's what we get as, as believers. I'm not bound to my past because God doesn't hold it to me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. He doesn't even hold yesterday in me. You've been a Christian for how long? And, and, and no, nah, it doesn't matter. His word is his word. He doesn't hold my past against me ever. Isn't that beautiful? Jeez. Only today, right now. You don't know what I did. I don't care what you did. Right now. Right now, the ability to adjust and repair. Like that. It's so cool. Thank you, Jesus. And then we move on from that. So it says we have a warfare. Uh, 1 Timothy 1.18 says this. Listen, Paul's speaking to Timothy. He says, I, I command you. I command you. I, I'm speaking this word. I'm charging you to remember this. Timothy, my son, according to the prophecies previously made concern you, that by them, the prophecies, you may wage a good warfare. This is a prophetic word. The video you hear about our breakout year is a prophetic word, completely. It's not my abilities. That's too good. I'm not that good. That's like I'm a rap star. I mean, that is good stuff, but that came from the heart. It came from the heart of, of me seeking out God and a journey. And remember, on December 29th was Sunday, last Sunday, was it 29th? Okay, that's when I said the key to breakout is our confession. 
And as I went through the journey, I explained how I had to talk to my family and said, we got to watch our confession. Listen, we're just, we don't trash each other, but what I'm saying is, is we, we have to come to another level in our confession. And I want you to. I want you all to get to that place where you're really realizing the word in this area because I'm going to tell you right now, if you believe it or not, the power of words, life and death, blessing or cursing from words doesn't care. It's like gravity. Gravity is going to work if you believe it or not. You can sit around going, I don't believe in gravity. I don't see gravity. I don't believe it. Get up on the roof and jump. We'll find out. No, I, no, I'm telling you, you can confess, proclaim before all. You can put your hand on the Bible and say, I don't believe in gravity. And I, here right now, to this day, swear to all that gravity is not real. And then jump. You know what gravity's going to do? Oh, you don't believe in me? Okay, you're going to float. No, gravity's going to go, boom, there it is, splat. Believe it or not, it don't matter. I'm telling you right now, words matter. And every one of you, though it's in the Bible, and you want to look at it as, oh, come on, pastor, every one of you know that there is life and death in the power of words because you've felt the sting of death and pain and hurt through what? Words. Not a bullet, not an arrow, not a knife, not a rock. Words. And some of those words have affected you for years. Some of you are still living a life based upon the words that were spoken over you as a child. Words. Just do this because you know I'm speaking truth. So you want to play the religious game that, come on, blessing, cursing, life or death. You know I'm speaking 100% truth. Y'all know it. So let's pay attention to God's word because I'm here to show you the power and success of it. All right? I want to give you the ABCs. I want to give you the, the tools to be able to recognize how important our words are and then live with that understanding because all of a sudden it becomes powerful with the knowledge we have and the words we speak. And God talks about it a ton. Y'all with me? All right. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Everybody say, eat its fruit. Power of the tongue, eat its fruit. Power of the tongue, eat its fruit. Very important. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Blessing and cursings come forth from the mouth. Now, I'm going to show you these things. It's so cool. Now, I could go through so many scriptures that could pretty much devastate us because of all of the neg negative uh, uh, truths about how bad words are that flow from our mouth in a negative way and what type of person it creates us to be. And I could throw you so many scriptures, just scripture, 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 and, and we could all feel bad and leave bad. But that's not what we're doing today because we already know bad words are usually coming from a bad heart, right? Bad things, bad issues, bad people, there's all, all this. But what we want to know is, is how can I 
live the life differently? How can I empower myself to be a life speaker, a builder? How can I do that? Well, the key is you're in control. So let's take these truths and grab hold of control, amen? Your life will never be as better as your mouth. All right? It's a fact. Are you hearing? You, you know, you're, listen, the testimony or the fact of this statement is us. You can see people with miserable lives and you'll hear their words. They're not building, uplifting, and exciting. I guarantee you, you're not gonna hear it. If you wanna, you wanna fake it, that's on you. But you know this to be true. Amen? A good life demands good words. Bad life, bad words. All right? We create our world with our words. And the truth of the matter is we must take responsibility for that. That's what I'm going to do. Listen, I understand we have been, you know, we've been raised in ways that we're maybe most of us aren't too excited about. Things happened in our past we're not too excited about. Maybe there was a lot of issues in our home life that we're not excited about. And yeah, they've affected us. Get it. Understand it. Been there, done that. Okay? But what do I do? Continue to live in my past? Or do I live my life? Because this is about me now. I'm not that six-year-old in the house anymore. Now I'm making decisions on my own. So, so what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to just fail in life because of that and excuse that as my life today, which is not a fact. Or do I recognize that, hey, I was caught up in a mess. I didn't have a decision. I didn't say, listen, you know, I'm eight years old and I just don't like this hell that's going on in my house. I don't like you beating up on my mom. I don't like the cursing going on. I don't like the hate. So I'm going to go rent an apartment. Can't do that. Five years old, four. You can't do that. So what do you have? You have a mess that you're being brought up in. That mess is your defining of life, people. You know this. You know this. But is this my crutch? Is this my life now because I've been, I've been hurt at a young age and so now I go through life? That is unfair. And that's no way, no how God created us to be. But people will continue this way. It's not the kingdom truths, it's the world truths. And it's time to overcome them, amen? You're not gonna stay the same. I'm not going to allow it. You know, you're going to have to willfully stand up and say, I'm going to stay a loser, period, even though I'm not supposed to. That's what you're going to have to confess in this house. Some of you, 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 you live in a life of loser because you didn't have the answers. But you, you're going to get the answers. So I'm telling you right now, you're going to have to make a declaration. Even though I'm not supposed to be a loser, I plan to be a loser from now on. And I see, that ain't going to happen. That's what I'm saying. Why? Because the information is going to come, set you free. Amen? Before, you, didn't, you had an excuse. You're going to have an excuse no more. It's time to be free. This is our breakout year. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs 18.20. A person's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of their mouth. That's an interesting word. 
A person's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of their mouth. From the produce of their lips, they shall be filled. Isn't that interesting? It's relating to life, the action of life, but also what I want to look at as far as really connect with in what it's saying is this. The word fruit literally is the Hebrew word of seed. To bear seed, to bear fruit from a seed, all right? To bear fruit from a seed. Now look at this. A person's stomach shall be satisfied from the seeds, the seeds that come from their mouth. Are you hearing? It is shown in Scripture over and over that words are seeds. The Bible shows the heart, and it calls the heart ground, right? Jesus even called the heart a tree. Pretty interesting when you start looking at the Bible truths in this area. What we have to understand is, is the seed is the key. And I'm in control of the seed planting. Period. In my life, I'm in control. Now, you can have a bag of seeds that you try to put on my soil. Well, I don't think you're all that, Pastor. I don't think you know as much as you think you do. I think you're dumb. Well, see, those are your seeds, but see, it's my ground. So I superpower and block those seeds. You ain't bring, those seeds aren't coming into me. But see, the enemy knows that because he knows that's a strong area of me. But all of a sudden, he knows, hey, I know a little area you're weak in. So he tries to plant a seed in the area of my weakness where I'm like going, oh, wow, maybe I, maybe I am this way. And the enemy knows that stuff. And see, that's where seeds have the ability to get into this dirt, this ground. And this is what I want to shore up because I don't want this to be a part of me. I want to be in complete control. And I know my God is this way where he's, he, in his word, looks at me and communicates to me in a way that shows me that, wait a minute, I can be strong here, weak here, but in his picture, even in my weakness, I can be strong. And I like that because now I can look at weakness not as a place of failure, but a place of growth. See, that's the lie of the enemy. That's the lie of the world. The world wants you to look at the failure defining who you are. I don't. I used to. But you know how I look at failure? The place to grow. I need to grow there. And I thank God that I'm able to see it. Because if I don't see it, I'll never change. Talking to marriages right now. You want better? Better start seeing it. Not seeing it as, I'm a filthy loser. No. That, listen, that's what the world, that's, the, that's, that's what we've been trained to look at. Now it's time to see it as, Growth, time to grow. I got this side down, I'm doing this good. Now it's time to fix this side. Everybody understands this in life, amen? Let's do this. You ready to own it? I'm ready to own it. All right, words are seeds. Every word matters, that's a key. Hey, listen, in our culture today, you know this. It's, not, it's obvious with, with 
social media and everything, it's amazing how you got all these people, you know, that are, are supposed to be relevant people. And it's amazing when I've seen some of these people when they, they say something stupid and then other people react to stupid. You know how their comments usually are? It's this certain group of people. They start throwing out cuss words, man. They just bomb, F-bombs and everything. Because, see, this is how this life is. We want to just blow out vulgar, ugly, and, and bam, bam, instead of being able to communicate. So what we do is we try to attack. You can speak truth, but I'm not going to listen to it. Bam, bam. That's how the world works. And it accepts that. It's not how we're going to work. We're not going to live our lives that way. We're better than that, amen? I didn't say we're better than people. We're better than that. I'm better than that type of action. So we gotta look at to understand that, hey, the culture is vulgar. It's crude out there. It's dismissive. It's, it's filled with slander, attacks. Listen, this ain't a Christianese message. These are statistical facts on social media. It's not filled with positive life-building words. You all know that. The greatest news is the attack news about everything. If you can find something dirty and destructive and ugly, that becomes the best news. And guess where? Everybody wants to look and watch at that. It's sad. We don't want to hear about an actor or an actress that has a successful marriage we want to hear that they're breaking up their fourth one. Hallelujah. That's the news. Not that they're fighting through and they've been married for 30 years and they're still pressing in. We don't care about that. I, I'm telling you, when I say we, I'm talking about the world, the way the world looks at things. And we need to rise above that. Don't get caught up in this. It's like that, the, the little Bible school song, be careful little eyes what you see, be careful little ears what you hear, right? I don't know the rest of the song, so I'm just going to do this song. Ooh, that's pretty good, huh? I don't know that, I, I wasn't brought up. I just remember kids singing that, or what, I just, I thought it was cute. Matthew 12, 33. Either make the tree good or fruit good, or make the tree bad, it's fruit bad. He's talking to the religious people right now, okay? He's talking to religious people. Every time you hear these mega statements, it's toward the religious. Not toward the world people. The people are just like, ah, I don't believe and I don't care. We're talking about religion. It's the most destructive force on this planet. Wars, death, and destruction come through religion, by the way. Research the history, you'll find out, okay? Religion. Either make the tree good or fruit good, or else make tree bad and fruit bad. The tree is known by its fruit. Oh, look, there's an apple tree. Why? Well, because there's grapefruits on it. No. There's an apple tree because it's producing what? There's an orange tree because what? Grapefruit tree because what? Known by its... Because you can look at my, my yard, and you can... there's can be an orange tree, a lemon tree, a grapefruit tree, and just by glance when no fruit's on it, they look sort of the same. Anybody know this? 
I mean, they do. I mean, you can, you know, really study it out, but ultimately, it, they pretty much look the same until they start bearing fruit. And that defines the nature of the tree. Everybody with me? All right. He calls the religious brood of vipers. Can you imagine Jesus? You brood of vipers. I know you didn't think Jesus would ever say anything like that. He's so peaceful and calm and kind that he would never raise his temper or get in any anger whatsoever. You don't know Jesus. You know religious, skinny white boy Jesus. Oh, you know that to be true. Blue-eyed, skinny, white. I mean, go to the Middle East and try to find that Jesus. You ain't going to find nothing. You can find some white guy from Oklahoma portraying Jesus, but that's about it. It ain't happening. So that ain't Jesus. Every, those pictures, that ain't Jesus. Everybody got that? All right, just so you understand that. He said, brood of vipers. Uh, this is cool about Jesus. He's going to ask him a question because that's how he deals with religion. He makes them he makes them deal with it. He's not going to be on defensive. And I'm trying to help you Christians understand that. You don't go on the defensive. When religious people go, what, do you believe that? How can you believe that? They're not asking for an answer. They want to fight. The way you deal with that is ask a question. Simplest way to do it. Why do you think that? Why do you feel that? Because ultimately you're going to get to a place where you realize they don't really know anything. It's a fact. It's, it, it comes out all the time. As I'm doing this long enough, I know. I know how this works. An argument, a fight, is based upon someone that really doesn't know what they believe. They just have religious opinions or something they've been taught that they still don't have truth in. Watch. Ask the question. Well, I don't think God heals everybody. Really, how come? And then, what does how come mean? What does that question mean? I need to have an answer why I believe that. You're not gonna hear it. Because I just don't believe. That don't work. I mean, if you're a believer, right? Aren't we supposed to believe this? Well, then you need to go further than that. You need to go deeper. What do you mean? Not, I just don't believe. I don't agree with that. It's just not how God works. Well, show me. I mean, prove your point. You're... This belief system, help me understand. And try to not smile when you're saying that. Because the truth of the matter is, you're not going to get truth. That's how religion works. It's the way it works. I want you to have answers. That's all. I want you to know the truth. Knowledge of truth isn't exact, completed knowledge. It's gnosko. It's a growth knowledge. I didn't learn algebra in first grade. That came later. I'd learn foundations first. But it's knowledge, it's math knowledge, correct? Right? That's what the Christian faith is. It's a process. You want a better marriage? Quit trying to get trigonometry done and you've been married a month. It's gonna take time. It takes a process. Understanding each other. There's, I mean, everything, everything in life is this process of life. Verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. Evil man out of evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. But I say to you, 
that every idle word people speak, they're going to give account of it on the day of judgment. For by your words you'll be justified, by your words you'll be condemned. Look at this, the power of what words are in our lives. We need to pay attention. Don't get scared about judgment. It's not talking about you personally. That's a whole different, it's a whole different picture. It's an Old Testament connection. And it's not talking about every word you say. That dumb ice cream man, ooh, you're going to be judged. That actually is a definition in Greek of what an idle word is. Can you imagine? It would take eternity for him to get through with me on idle words. Come on, you guys. You guys are all scared now. No, he said judgment. It's going to get us. Notice it said tree. Tree good, fruit good. Tree, heart, right? Fruit, words. Are you guys connecting with this? Tree, heart, fruit, words. Tree good, fruit good. We're talking seed. Seed. That's what seed does. It creates, does it not? Amen? Doesn't seed create? I want to create good out of the good heart. I like this. I'll help you. How about this one? Though we have a tendency to read scripture, judge ourselves rather than receive. That's, that's the nature of man. Condemnation, judgment, not receiving. In the natural person, natural person, we learn something, we're getting something we don't know. We don't judge ourselves as stupid. The judgment of stupid comes after a year of studying something, taking a test and going, I don't know anything. That's when you go, well, my bad. I didn't study. I didn't learn. I didn't listen. I goofed around. Then you can make that statement. But that's not how the natural man works. He jumps to that conclusion instantly. I hear something negative, I judge myself bad. The Bible is not written that way. The Bible reveals bad for you to become better. Not bad as a judgment statement, but bad as a fixed statement. Bad as a change statement. Everything, listen, you, got, you want to read something beautiful? Read what love is. You don't think that's going to make you feel bad? Because as a believer, as a child of God, we should be living that way. And y'all know, you start listening, love is kind, love is this, and you're going, not me, not me, not me, not me, not me. I'm not even a Christian. I mean, First John says, if you don't love, you're not of God, little one. Uh, oh, yeah, it does. See, this is what happens. But we don't read in context. We don't even understand what he's talking about. Because you have to read the whole, understand the whole scripture of covenant and new creation. That's why you can't pull a scripture out of context. You can't take one scripture and try to define life out of. You have to understand the whole thing. So we look at tree, heart, fruit, words. Fruit corresponds to the tree. Fruit corresponds to the tree. Good tree, good words. Bad tree, bad words. What I said at the very beginning of this, what I love about the scripture is this. It said, make the tree bueno. Make the tree good. What does that tell you? If I got a bad tree going on, I can make the tree good. I'm not bound to that. Jesus looked at Pharisees, religious people, and he said, you vipers, you snakes. And then he said, make, he's talking to them, make the tree good. He didn't say, y'all burning in hell. 
you're all set for eternity. He didn't say that. He gave them a statement that said, you can change. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can change. You can change. You guys can change. Everybody in here can change. Make the tree good. Make the tree good. So I choose to make trees good, amen? Not, not the tree of my life. The tree of the area. The tree better this way. A better papa tree. A better husband tree. A better pastor tree. A, be, a better boss tree. Do you see what I'm saying? I, I'm going to make the trees better. If they need to get better, I'm going to make them better. Why? Because Jesus, my Lord and Savior, said I could. Isn't that beautiful? All right. So we're looking at trees, looking at seed. We're recognizing the importance of it. Now we're going to look at reaping and sowing. I'm going to give you three keys, three understandings of reaping and sowing. Ready? Number one, what you plant, you harvest. What you plant, you harvest. Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A person will reap whatever they sow. A person will reap whatever they sow. A person will reap whatever they sow. Be, God's not mocked. Do not be deceived. A person will reap whatever they sow. The one who sows to please his nature, sinful nature, that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. You reap what you sow. That, that's, that's in church, out of church. As a Christian or a non-Christian, you reap what you sow. Amen? Just understand that. So what we have to look at is bad words will not produce good results. Hello? Bad words don't produce good results. Listen, I've been doing this for a long time. I've never had someone come up to me and said, you know what? Pastor, my husband just cussed me out, told me I'm just a dirt bag and I'm this and this, and I really learned from it. Uh-uh. No. Never heard it. Never will hear it. Why? Because those words will never produce life. Death words produce death, destruction. Are you hearing me? What do we need? We need to hear building words. Building words. And that's what we need to be. Listen, this is a fact of life. It's a natural principle. It takes more skill to build than to tear down. Amen? Anybody can rip something down. It takes skill to build. I'm going to work on it. Anybody in here with me? We're going to work on this thing? Listen, this is our lives. We're defining our lives. I, I'm in 2020. 2019 ain't owning me. It's over with. I'm going in this year and redefining. Boom! Redefining my life. But pastor, you're, the, you're this and that. Don't, don't hold me to that. I'm going to be better. Let me rock your world another way. Let me go higher in another area where you're like going, dude, you are amazing. Yeah, yeah let's keep going that way. I want it to be that way. I don't, I don't want you to look at me and go, eh, there's 2018 again. I don't need that. Are you guys listening to me? You better pull that from me. You better want it out of me. Just as I expect it out of you. Because I don't want your old 2019 stinking self either. None of you. I don't want you, none of you to stay the same. You better be expecting and doing increase right now. You better be, be, I'm doing better than I did last year. I'm going to give more. I'm going to give more of my time. 
I'm going to get involved. I wasn't involved last year. I'm going to be involved this year. And if you're involved this year, let's move you up a notch. Let's make you a captain of something. Do we have captains here? I don't even know if we have captains. Let's get you leading. No, really. Let's move you to another. Let's don't stay the same. Let's start expanding. Come on, man. And one man, what you plant, you harvest, all right? What you plant, you harvest. Number two. Oh, this is a rough one. You will reap more than you sow. That sucks. But it is a natural spiritual principle. Take one seed and plant that one seed. And what are you going to get? One grape? What, no, what's going to happen? One tomato? No, what's going to happen is you're going to get increase. You'll get increase. Everything produces a multiplication. I mean, there are some fruit. You put one seed, you get one plant, but, or one thing. But no, you don't get one. You might get one fruit harvest from one seed, but the seed within the harvest is multiplied. So it's never one, never, never, never one for one. You got that? So try, don't try to get around me on that one. Because I know, well, no, you put up one onion seed, you can get one onion. No, you're going to get seeds that can multiply the onions. All I'm saying is, is it's disproportional. I'll show you in Scripture, too, in James. Look at James. James 3.3. 3. All of us make a lot of mistakes. If someone doesn't make any mistakes when he speaks, he would be perfect. This isn't that beautiful. He would be able to control everything he does. How? On his words. We put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us. And we control everything they do. You ever seen a horse with a, a bit in their mouth? And if you've ever ridden a horse or seen this, you will see that that will drive the horse. Amen? I mean, you take that stuff off, you get more, you get wild stuff going on. You do. If you've, if you've been on any horses, I've had horses in my life, and I'm going to tell you this is a fact. Now, there's sometimes you can get specific horses that can follow you around. But ultimately, you get on that thing and start saying what you want to do, you're going to have to put a bit, the bit in that horse's mouth. And then you what? You have the ability to control it. But you ever seen a horse? You know, they're only about like this big, right? Horsies? Aren't they about this big? No, they're big, aren't they? How big's a bit? Like 28 feet? Now, how big's a bit? They're, they're a lot shorter than a horse, smaller than a horse, but that little thing controls that horse, does it not? It goes on to say, same things for ships. They're big, driven by strong winds, yet by using a small rudder, a pilot can turn that massive ship. You ever been on a big ship? Me and my family have been on a cruise before, and that thing's holding 6,000 people, still massive, and there's a small rudder on the back of that ship. 
And wherever that rudder turns, that big, massive ship, it might take a little time, but it's going to turn. It's the, the, the rudder ain't the size of the ship. It's a small thing. Are you guys hearing me? All right, pay attention to the word. In the same way, the tongue is a small part of the body. It can brag about doing important things. A large forest can be set on fire with a little flame. Someone driving down the road on the way to Prescott in the middle of summer, flick a cigarette out, tiny little cigarette, and put literally tens of thousands of acres on fire from a little tiny cigarette, a little match, a little spark from a chain. This is the Bible teaching us something. Listen, that's why we have to watch words. What comes out of our mouth is very important, isn't it? Now, in the sowing reaping part, I want a bunch of good stuff coming back. So I'm gonna, going to make it a habit of sowing good seed. I'm going to tell you how beautiful you are, even if you're ugly. <laughs> I'm going to sow. I'm going to sow some good seed. I'm not talking about anybody in this church. I'm talking about your friends sitting at home. But no, you hear what I'm saying? Are you guys listening to me? I'm going to sow because I want the multiplication back. Listen, it's not fair, but this is how it works. You're going to reap more than you sow. These words are disproportionate. Words are disproportionate. You speak that, but also on the negative or the positive. So if I'm going to speak good things, I'm going to have multiplied good stuff. Yay! Is this beautiful or not? Can you imagine, husband, you start talking good to your wife? Y'all freaking out right now. You, you know what you got concerned about when I said talk? That's where, that's where you're like, talk. Can you define that? Women speak three times more than men. Some women speak more than three times more than men. It's a fact. Women speak more than men. Why? Because we're not women. And women aren't us. But it's true. This is the key. These are understandings we need to know. Both sides. Why? Because if we're going to relate to one another, we have to recognize that. Women communicate in feelings. Men communicate mainly in fact. How's the weather? Fine. Fact. She ain't asking me how's the weather for the sake of giving me the temperature outside. She's wanting to know my whole stinking day in that weather. No, that's what she wants. She wants morning, middle, middle of the day, and on the way home weather. No, that's how, a that's how a woman operates. And my wife, bless her heart, has three, fine. I remember feeling that for the first moment with my children, driving them home from church. Now see, I ain't a woman, but I'm a papa, and a papa's wanting some information. So I talk to my kids, and I go, how is class, boys? This is their words. All their words. Great. I about was, I'm ready to smack some kids. Not realizing that they're learning that from Papa. 
but we don't want to talk about that because it ain't about me today. It's all about you guys. But you, all, you understand what I'm saying? Like going, dude, I don't like that. Well, I can imagine what Pastor Lyle's going through because that's what we do. But we're learning, amen? I'm not defined by my past, thank you, Jesus. So we're learning, amen? That's a key. And so we respect and understand that because she understands her voice too. So she realized she has to be a little more wiser in how she deals with these three guys in the house. And she's being become pretty, pretty tricky sometimes. But we're learning, amen? We're learning, we're growing in this. But see, the point is, is this is what life's about. We learn. You know, I'm not fight for my right, <laughs> fighting for my right to make my wife a guy. I like her being a girl. <laughs> and she likes me being a guy. Amen? There's nothing wrong with that. The point is, is this how we deal with one another? We learn these things. But this communication is so important, is it not? Is it not? The third thing, there's a delay in sowing and reaping. A delay. doesn't happen like that. Now, that's good and it's bad. The good thing is on the negative part. The bad thing is on the good part. I know, I, I know like right now, my, my Pastor Lyle loves grapefruits. So we got oranges in season, we got lemons in season, and we got a billion grapefruits, which she loves, but they're not ready. So she's going to have to wait. She was wanting them when they first started appearing in, 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 you know, in October. Are they ready yet? Are they ready yet? November, are they ready yet? And, we, and, and even having the boys cut them off to chest them, they're not ready yet. Why? It takes time. They're about ready now, aren't they? We're ready to bust in those grapefruits. They're going to be coming in looking yellow with so many grapefruits we're eating. <laughs> but it, there's a delay. Galatians 6, 7, in verse 9, Galatians 6, 9, we just read Galatians 6, 7, 4, the first one. 6 9 says this, let us not grow weary while do, doing good, for in due season, everybody say due season, we shall reap time. Everybody say time. Okay, let's don't, don't freak out. You got some issues in your marriage, you start talking good. Don't think next week it's perfect. That's ridiculous. You got issues in your kids, in your husband, in your wife, in, the, in your job. Don't just think all of a sudden you start saying some good things. It's supposed to happen now. Everything should be better now. It doesn't work that way. There's going to be attacks. There's going to be hindrances. There's going to be freaking out like, gosh, you don't speak nice to anyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or people are going to hide their wallets. So they're like going, who are you? Why are you, why are you talking nice to me? Someone trying to rob me now? That ain't you. Try it, guys. Try to be the one that builds. Do it. Be that builder. You don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you right now. Through the process of this transformation, you are going to have so much favor operating in your lives, and people are going to want to be around you. There's very little positive out in this world. Can you imagine when we start becoming the people that God has designed us to be? that create life with words, that build and not tear down, that bring restoration, wholeness, deliverance, because we're speaking words of life. Can you imagine what happens? How about this? Can you imagine what's gonna happen in your life 
when you start talking that way about you. Quit reproducing your past and start living your now. Amen? It's yours. We can do this. Amen? We can do this. We just have to recognize that there is a delay in reaping, but we understand that. 2 Timothy 1.4 says that to thank God whom I serve with pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing, I remember. Everybody say, I remember. That's the Greek word, menea. I remember, menea. Menea is the word that's also used not just a constant remembrance, but it's actually used as a picture of a monument or memorial in the Greek language. When Manea is used, it's always used with verbs like non-ceasing, constant, always, non-stop. Pay attention. The word is a memorial or a picture or, or, or a monument, and it's always used in constant work, constant building, constant speaking, always not stopping, non-ceasing of my prayers, my communication. Are you hearing this? Acts chapter 10, verse 4. This is about Cornelius. He's a commander in the Roman army. He's a godly man. This guy in Scripture says he prays all the time. It's a Roman, a Roman captain, all right? This is not a Christian, an Israelite. This is a, I mean, it's about a Christian, but it's not a Jew. It's not someone, a follower, a disciple. This is a guy that received Jesus, and he's a Roman, Roman captain, he connected with the gospel to where his life is about praying all the time to God and he gives all the time. It says he always gave, he always gave. And when people had needs, he gave. This is his life. He's sold out to Jesus right now. And this is what happens. Acts 10.4, about the ninth hour of the day, Cornelius sees clearly in a vision an angel of God coming into him and says this, Cornelius, and he observed him, and he was afraid, and he said, well, what is it, Lord? And the angel said, your prayers and your alms, your giving have come up for a manea before God. A what? A memorial, a mania before God. Your prayers, it, made, it makes mention that he prayed all the time. Timothy's talking about ceasing and not ceasing of prayers. Paul says, not ceasing of prayers. This is what I see. That when we start praying and speaking right, when we're confessing and speaking right, what is happening in heaven is God is sitting there and this prayer is building this monument. This memorial is being built before him by our words. And as we're speaking words over our marriage, a memorial of that marriage is being, as we're speaking life over our kids, our literally we're defining and molding our kids before God in faith. My child is an overcomer. He's filled with wisdom. He operates in high integrity. And as I speak those words, it's going before God. And then God goes, this memorial, this monument before me, bam, it's done. Bam, it's done. And that's what I believe we need to understand, that that's exactly what we're doing when we're speaking and praying and we're speaking these words over each other. We're speaking these words over our families. We're speaking these words over, over our, our, our nation. And we're building these words that God says we need to be doing. Why? Because 
It's all about who we represent. It's not about my opinion. It's about who I represent. It's not about my culture. It's about who I represent. See, Jesus is about the world, not about a segmented group of people. He's about the world. Opinions and cultures, that segregates. Come on. That separates and divides. And that's not what Jesus wants. You're a world changer. And you need to start seeing it. And it starts by seeing it here first. And start building and giving life the way you are designed to be. Can you do that? Can we be this type of people in 2020? Will you join me on this adventure? Because this is where I'm going. This is where my family's going. And as Joshua said, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. I don't care if you do or not. That's a, he just spoke to the whole millions of people of Israel. And he stood up and said, listen, you guys can mouth it. You can talk it. You can do whatever you want. But I want you to know something. I testify. I stand before you all. As for me and my house, where you go or not, doesn't matter. We will serve the Lord. And that's a testimony we all need to be making. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.